Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I don't I mean, would you ever do that? I never do that. Yeah, we don't roll like that, yo. I mean, what, what, what do you need to do that for? I, I mean, never ever... I mean, considered looking shit up. Nope. I mean, just in general, it's just not something I do. Ain't no fact checking. Do that. Ain't no fact checking. Oh yeah, we always go raw dog without that. Ain't no fact checking. I just wanna know where you're located. With a low fat. Ain't no. Ah, check it. That is why the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast is a worldwide phenomenon. We will not ever, 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 ever fact check. And uh, we just uh, we just proved it. That's the uh, Ain't No Fact Checking theme song. Uh, this is the Iron Rappaport Stereo Podcast. This is Michael Rappaport. And sometimes I am just fucking ready to pod out. And, and this is one of those times. Um, I'm getting ready to uh, interview Little Dicky, who is a rapper who I like, who's got a great story and um, some great music. Got a new album out. Came out uh, last year, 
2015, but I like his whole story, his whole perseverance, and I'm going to uh, interview him and pick his brain and find out what uh, what he's about. Um, the Oscar nominations were uh, given, and of course there's the Oscar snubs, which I think is a bunch of bullshit, and I think that the whole Oscar, and then they're like saying there wasn't enough uh, black uh, actors and nominations, and, and 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 here's the fucking deal, man. The, 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 there's not a there's not a, a quota that needs to be met on black actors, black actresses, black directors. Um, some of the uh, the 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 concerns and the the the, the problem. That's just the way it is. There's that, the, I know, like, well, what do you mean? That's just the way it is. There's not a quota. They don't have to nominate a certain amount of Jewish actors. They don't have to nominate a certain amount of Latino actors. And they don't have to nominate a certain amount of uh, black actors. That's just not part of the fucking uh, the Academy Award rule book. Now, I get it, the, you know, blah, 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 and all the fucking regular shit. But as far as making, you know, some of the snubs that they're talking about is straight out of Compton. Now, I love straight out of Compton. I love the film. I thought it was very, it's not an Oscar film. It, it, it's, it's a great film. It's not a, a best picture of the year. Um, to some people, it may be, and, and I get that too. But as far as when it comes to Oscars, it, it's not. Um, I think that the, the, the film was, is, is very good, very well directed, very, very well acted. I think the kid, I can't remember his name, who played Eazy-E, could have possibly, possibly, possibly got nominated for Best Supporting Actor, but now that all the films and all the performances are in, I don't think he deserved it. So I don't consider it a snub. I don't consider it a snub. Uh, I don't consider it something where it should be like, Oscars are so white, and these hashtags, and everybody's got their fucking hashtags. Um, Idris Elba, um, in Beasts of No Nation, I would possibly say that's a quote-unquote snub. He... I think there sh- he should have there should have been more consideration to possibly um, nominate him for best actor in a film in Beast of No Nation. Idris Elba killed the performance. Great film, very 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 well directed. I can't remember the guy's name, but it's the director who created and directed. Fuck is the name of the show on HBO? God, damn. True Detective. And and if anything, they should be complaining about him not getting nominated as well. But I'll tell you the reason why they didn't nominate anything for Beasts of No Nation, I'll tell you straight up, is because it was made um, and aired on Netflix. And and I don't think um, that the Academy, good, wrong, or indifferent, um, looked at it like a, a, a film. I think they looked at it like you know a made-for-cable film. Right or wrong, I know it was released in theaters and, you know, it went through all the protocol, but if you're just released in theaters just to get nominations, you, you might not get them. And then it was put out, you know, on, on Netflix. So I, I would say Idris Elba, strong argument um, for, for not being um, nominated. Had nothing to do with fucking race. I think it had more had to do with the, the way that film was put out. It was, it was financed by Netflix and put out on Netflix. The director of that... Uh, Beast of No Nation certainly should have uh, been in the category, uh, uh, the conversation of being nominated. Um, Will Smith, yo, uh, I love Will Smith, big fan. I called it. You will not get the nomination just for doing the accent. It doesn't mean you'll get nominated. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. If anybody should get nominated, I would have gone with Idris over uh, Will Smith if you want to talk about uh, 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 black actors not getting nominated. 
Um, I think the, the, the film, it wasn't well reviewed. Um, there was question about the accuracy of the film concussion. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, as far as accuracy, the, the, the real dude who, who Will Smith uh, played was a dark skinned brother. And Will Smith is not a dark skinned brother. So right there, you could say the accuracy. It's a joke. Um, Michael B. Jordan. Excellent in Creed, not Academy Award nominatable uh, performance. Uh, the director, Ryan Coogler, I hope I'm saying his name right because I want to work with you. I'm a big fan and you're a badass motherfucker, the director of Creed. Uh, not an Academy Award uh, film. Um, the, you know, you can't argue about race uh, with that. I would say uh, the, my, the, 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 the people that got really shitted on the most is Quentin Tarantino Samuel Jackson and Walt Coggins from Hateful Eight. Walton Coggins, who I worked with on Justified, who played Boyd and who slam danced it in Hateful Eight, he should have definitely got nominated. Now, who is the lead actor of Hateful Eight? It's an ensemble cast. I think screen time, probably the person who was on screen the most, I, I don't know, but I bet it was Walton or Sam Jackson. So I think that... Walton and Sam Jackson from Hateful Eight kind of canceled each other out. Sam Jackson's getting to the point where he's so good in in every film that he could be nominated for everything. So I think he's getting sort of taken for granted. Walt Walt Coggins should have got nominated as well. So you talk about snubs, and that's a black guy and a white guy. So I I think this whole snub thing and the the the, the race behind the snub thing. I th- I think we're we're looking into it, and 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 there's there's bigger fish to fry. Um, in regards to that, I think they, they tell what Amy Schumer, definitely not an Academy Award, uh, uh, performance motherfucking Star Wars is never going to get really looked upon as, as an Academy Award film as far as acting and, and direction. It's just, just not looked upon it that way. Um, and, and, um, you know, obviously special effects and, and all the, the, the set design and all, all that sort of thing. Um, but that's my whole thing. They shitted on uh, R- Ridley Scott for The Martian. I think he should have gotten nominated. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. I-, I-, I think that the Oscars are fantastic. I think any anyone will admit that they would love to be nominated and, and love to win one. I'm glad Sylvester Sloan very, very, very uh, totally uh, warranted uh, to win um uh, to get nominated, and I think he's going to win Best Supporting Actor. And that's my, my deal about the Oscars. I don't think this race thing, I, every year there's not enough black people nominated. Every year there's not enough Puerto Ricans nominated. It, yo, if your performance is really dope, you're going to get nominated. I think the only sort of real thing, and, and it has less to do um, with race and has more to do with how the film was presented, is Idris Elba in, in Beasts of uh, No Nation. And he's the lead actor, but he's not even the star of the film. So I think... He might even been supporting actor. However, that works out. So that's that. That's all I'm going to say about about the the acting and the Academy Awards. I hope Leonardo DiCaprio wins. I hope Stallone wins. Um, I, I honestly, as much as I love what's her name, Rachel McAdams, I don't think she deserved Best Supporting Actress for um, uh, fuck is the name of the movie? Damn it, the movie with Liev Schreiber and Mark Ruffalo. It just I don't fact check. I'm not fact checking. But um, I want to ask you a question, guys. It's 2016, right? It's a new year. It's a fresh start. Have you been thinking about your New Year's resolutions? Okay, because here's one that is an absolute no-brainer. Stop overpaying for a great shave. Don't you feel good when you have a good, close shave? I know I do. 
I know I do. And Harry's razors, I've gotten hip to them and turned on to them, and I love them. The blades are super sharp. They provide a close, comfortable shave. These razors are German-engineered five-blade cartridges. Close, comfortable shaves, no cuts, no burn, quality guaranteed, or a full refund if you're not happy. All right? Ships right to your door. They sell their blades at half the price of the leading brand. Over one million guys have already made the switch to Harry's razors. I'm going to tell you something else about Harry's. It doesn't like the discount because their prices are already so low. They don't even have to make a discount. We worked out a special offer for the I Am Rapport podcast. Harry's will give you $5 off your first order with the promo code Rappaport. R-A-P-A-P-O-R-T. Stop overpaying for a great shave and start the new year off right. Go to harrys.com right now. All right, so I told you guys that next week we're starting the You Talking to Me segment. You send me questions, you send me emails, you send me tweets to iamrapport.com or Michael Rappaport on Twitter um, or Michael Rappaport on Facebook. You ask me civilized questions in a civilized way and I will answer them. Some of the questions that I've gotten asked, this is not an official You Talking to Me it's an unofficial sort of preview of the You Talking to Me segment. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm going to give you some of the examples of some of the questions. All right. This guy, Jade Slicks, at Jade Slicks, J underscore J44, huge fan, huge fan, blah, blah, blah. My question is, I'm 24-year-old white kid from North, North Dakota. Originally, I've been writing lyrics for six years but uh, now I doubted uh, that I'll be accepted in the hip-hop community. I'm a fan of true hip-hop and not the shit today. As a true hip-hop fan, I know I can write my ass off, but would I be taken seriously given where I'm from and me being white? Now, first of all, you got a defeatist attitude, Jade Slicks. You can't, you can't think that way, okay? You can't think that way. You got to do your thing. As far as the white rapper, of course, that's always going to be going against you. But if you're nice, you're nice. Look at uh, Action Bronson. Look at um, Mac Miller. Look at the Beastie Boys. And, of course, look at Eminem. So, so the, the I'm a white rapper thing, you know, you got you to gotta go harder. But I, I think that we're past it. If you got skills, you got skills. I don't think it matters where you're from also. North Dakota, you know, no one would have ever thought that thuggish, ruggish bone would have been put on. Now you got J. Cole. He's from down south. Uh, hip-hop is universal. So to answer your question, I think if you, if you come correct... Don't you, you you just you can't dip your toe in the water. You got to be all in uh, 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 or, or, or all out. OK, so uh, that's the answer to your question. I wish you luck. And my suggestion is do your thing. All right. Here's a question. Adam Scott. Adam Scott. One uh, 1984. Here's a few questions for me. He says, would you say television is in better state than the movies today? Who's your favorite British actor? And what's your favorite current television series all right those are good questions adam i like those this is the you talking to me segment of the i am rapport podcast um <clears throat> yes i think that television is in a better state than the movies creatively um you have shows like transparent you have shows like the new scorsese show the uh, vinyl of course you had the classic shows in the new generation of television the sopranos six feet under um Mad Men, uh, you know, Breaking Bad, whatever you're into, girls, you know, um, they're, they're all, I'm not, I'm not even naming half of them. So I think in general, television, um, if, you, if you line up the great television stuff, and that's, that's the reason why, um, 
so many so many well respected great actors are doing television shows. I think it gives you more creative freedom. I think that the jobs are are far and few between for good stuff in films. There's only a few uh, movie stars, but there's a lot of television stars. That has something to do with it. Sort of a uh, um, a dirty secret in Hollywood. You know, people want to say it's all creative, but at the end of the day, great actors, uh, no matter how uh, rich or successful, they want to continue making a living. But I think in general, yes, to answer your question, TV is in a better state than movies. Another way uh, to, to ask me questions is on Truy, the Truy app, which I have no financial stake in, but I love Truy. I love the Truy app. Great conversation starter. You could get it on iPhones. It's not available on everything, but it's definitely available on iPhones and iOS point nines. Truy, T-R-U-E-E-Y. I love this for the podcast because when we run out of topics or things to say or uh, G. Monetti uh, uh, drink a little bit too much of that, that good rum or, or we just, you know, it's just a good way to start conversations. Um, and you, you could go on Truy and you ask questions. It, it asks you questions and you answer yes or no or you agree or disagree. So, for instance, the question uh, right here that I'm opening up the Truy app right now is I think Donald Trump would be a great president. I think that Donald Trump would be an interesting president. I don't think he would be great. I don't think someone, let's like saying, would you, do you think Donald Trump would be a great train engineer? He's never ran a train. Do you want to be on the train that Donald Trump is, is, is driving? I don't. So I want a guy with a little bit more political experience. Uh, question, is it wrong to take drugs? Uh, that depends. 30% agree. 70% of the people disagree. Uh, so is it wrong to take drugs? That's kind of vague. You got to be a little bit more specific with your questions on Truy. But in general, I think, listen, if you're responsible and you're not a fucking animal and go crazy on that K2, uh, like Chandler Jones of the New England Patriots, probably, uh, probably, yeah, it's okay to dip and dab in a little something, but I'm not into the synthetics. I'm not into popping pills and I don't fuck with needles. Okay. Uh, uh, next question on Truy, the Truy app. I don't like coffee. I don't agree. I don't agree. 76% of the people disagree. 24% of the people disagree. Uh, uh, do agree. I didn't start drinking coffee until about five or six years ago. Literally never had it in my life. Now I'm addicted. Now I don't know if it's uh, the Starbucks that I'm into, or the, but I like the coffee flavor. I don't like coffee breath. If you have coffee breath, don't speak to me. Um, I will give you a piece of gum and tell you about it. Um, but this is why I like the Truy app. It, it's, I could do a whole episode of the Iron Rapport podcast Fucking around with the Truy app. T-R-U-E-E-Y. Here's another question. You don't need a degree to be successful. Totally agree. 85% of the people agree. 15% of the people disagree. Um, I agree. But, you know, different strokes for different folks. And there's no playbook on being successful in life. And if you're a young person, you don't know what to do with yourself. Why don't you take a class at a college and, and, uh, you know, maybe just do exactly what you want to do in college. Try to do it that way. Go slow. You don't have to graduate in four years. Take your time. That's my little advice. Have you ever intended a WNBA basketball game? Yes. 70% of the people have said yes. 93% of the people say no. I understand why most people would not like to go to an NBA, uh, a WNBA basketball game, but I have been to a game. Um, I don't have to give my whole explanation on true. I just have to answer the question. All right. I've skipped school to have sex. When I was in my school days, yes, I did skip school to have sex. And 50% of the people agree. 50% of the people do not agree. Um, all right. And this is the final question I'm going to ask on my Truy uh, app uh, segment of the, of the week. I pick my nose when no one is looking. 84% of the people agree. 16% of the people disagree. Now, <clears throat> if I was answering this question, 
I not only pick my nose when no one's looking, I pick my nose when people are looking. I pick my nose when I'm talking to people. I pick my nose when I'm listening to other people talk to me. I see no problem in picking my nose around people that I love and that I feel comfortable with. Now, uh, if I don't know you, I'm most likely I'm not going to pick my nose. But anybody that knows me well uh, will, will tell you that I'm a, I'm a nose-picking uh, motherfucker. And that's just the way I am. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just trying to be as, as honest as I possibly can with my answers to the Chewy segment of the week. This is the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, and we're going to be right back. The Iron Rapport Podcast is sponsored by the American Giant Clothing Company. AmericanGiant.com. Go on there. Sweatshirts, rough, well-made, comfortable, breathable, warm. In the, in the winter, you need yourself a nice American Giant zip-up hoodie or a pullover hoodie. American Giant. Go to AmericanGiant.com. Check out the t-shirts, the sweatshirts, the sweatpants. American Giant. So the NFL playoffs are amongst... Amongst my, 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 my sights, I cannot wait for the, for the games this weekend. And uh, the, once again, once again, those rotten, dirty Patriots are all tied up into it. Now, I know that there's a lot of fans of the Iron Rapport podcast that are Patriots fans. Stay with me. Just the other day, my friend and, 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 and someone who I admire um, and respect a lot, Bill Burr, I, I texted him. I will I will post the t- I will post the text if if you don't believe me. I texted my man Bill Burr and I said, Bill Burr, I want the, the, the Patriots to win the game this weekend versus the Chiefs. He was confused. I could feel it in his text back. Why do you want them to win? I, why are you saying this? I said, because I like them. I like the Patriots. I, I want to see them win. I want to see Seattle versus the Patriots. He was, I could feel it. He was so confused and, and, and so perplexed by why I would say this to him. And then boom. The next day, yet another crazy controversy by one of the Patriots and the Patriots' way. Fucking defensive lineman Chandler Jones, whose brother is John Jones, the UFC fighter. And then, then there's another Jones from, from the them, them Jones boys who plays professional football. I can't remember his name right now. Not fact-checking at all. I am freestyling this entire episode. All right? This is a solo episode. But Chandler Jones was on that flocka. That K two, and and he he brought himself to a police uh, station. This is the, this is during his off week of a football a football season. Brought himself to the police station. He was all banged out of his mind. I don't know if Flocker is that K two or K two is that Flocker or they're two totally different drugs, synthetic drugs. But you need to stop fucking with that K two, kids. Go get yourself some wine. Go to Club W and order yourself some wine. Okay, if you're if you're over if you're of drinking age, because these synthetic drugs, they're making people nuts. This is a a, a highly trained physical specimen. Have you ever seen Chandler Jones? He's a fucking beast. And that K two literally, literally brought him to his knees, brought him to a police station. Now you know if you're a professional football football player for the New England Patriots, the last thing you want to be doing is be so whacked out of your tree, so banged out of your fucking mind that you have to go to a police station. They all know that it's Chandler Jones. He's a football star. He's an all-star. He plays for the New England Patriots. You think that Chandler Jones, is? He, for him to be so scared and banged out of his mind to have to go to a police station, he's praying, he's saying all these religious things, and he basically was saying, they said the police, police were saying he was looking for help. He was distraught and looking for help. Now, you know 
If you're a famous person in your own town of New England or Boston, or I don't even know if there's a difference, the last place that this guy wanted, how bad and how fucked up was Chandler Jones to have to do that? He was in such bad shape that he had to do that. The Patriot way, once again, now it's going to create controversy. Now, now we have to start evaluating the talent, okay? We have to start evaluating who's doing the psych exams. We, we, we know that Aaron Hernandez, of course, we beat the Tom Brady thing to a pulp. We, there, there's been so many infractions by Patriots players at some point. Somebody's got to lose their job. Who's giving the psych exams over there? Why is Chandler Jones on that ooh-wee or that K2, that synthetic, during his off week, during the NFL season? Why? Why? I don't get it. Okay, and I just the other day went public with my man Byrne. I said, I want the Patriots to win. But these guys are a bunch of creeps over there. Tom, Bill Belichick showed up to the press conference the other day with a black eye. I don't know if he owed somebody 35 bucks or something like that, but somebody punched him in his fucking face or something. How does Bill Belichick show up to the press conference with a black eye and like he he, he act like nothing happened? Did Chandler Jones give him this black eye and his K2 uh, string out? I don't know what's going on in, in Patriots country, but once again... Come playoff time, it's not the deflated balls, it's, it's, it's Chandler Jones on that, that, that flocka flocka, that waka flocka, that ooh-wee, that patriot way, that nice patriot white, had his balls all deflated, all fucked up. Why? We're going to get more into this. This story is going to have legs, so I'm not going to beat it with a dead horse. But I'm going to tell you that this is the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. We're coming right back with an interview of my man, Little Dicky. Um, it's a solo app, solo interview. And, and, and we're, doing the, we're, we're doing the damn thing. We're doing it big. We're doing it live and direct. And, and we're doing it from the gloom tomb of Los Angeles, California. The thing that I really, really dig about Little Dicky, and, and before I get into it, my man here, um, uh, I just want to tell you, this this talk about a mogul. Talk about a guy that 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 took the bull by his horns. Talk about the guy who decided to uh, you know find out what he liked and 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 to just drop everything and do it. That's what his story is all about. And if you're looking for a, a career, if you're looking for 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 something to do that's lucrative, you need to check out the National Academy of Sports Medicine. It's looking for people who want an exciting and lucrative career doing something they love to do. NASM trainers are helping people reach their health and fitness goals, and the demand for trainers is huge. All right, if you like to stay in shape, if you do that without for, for, for just the love of the love of the sport and love of the love of the feeling, love of the endorphins, you might want to become a personal trainer. Imagine having a career doing something you love, not a job, a career. You get paid to stay in shape and help others do the same at NASM. Set your own hours, work in health clubs, sports clinics, and corporate wellness, and actually love the work you do. NASM guarantees you'll land a job as a personal trainer within 60 days of getting your CPT certificate or you'll get your money back, okay? I love this program. I love opportunities for people. Let me tell you something. The, the, the secret to success is looking forward to going to work. It doesn't matter what you do. If you hate your job, you hate your life. Go to MyUSATrainer.com for a 14-free day trial of their fun and fast online program. That's MyUSATrainer.com, MyUSATrainer.com. Restrictions do apply. Go to MyUSATrainer.com for details. All right, coming into this now, 
I got this guy I'm very interested in. I sought him out. I read his story. I know his pedigree. And we're getting ready to get into a little dicky. All right. This is the I Am Rapport podcast. Coming live and direct from the gloom tomb in Los Angeles. Actually, it's the, the gloom tomb living room. Yeah, it's not that gloomy in here. It's not that gloomy. It's pretty pretty yeah. regular in here. But we don't, don't fuck up my, my image. Don't, 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 yeah. um, I'm in here with... Uh, Little Dicky. Yep. Dave. Yes, sir. What's your last name? Bird. B U R D. Oh, okay. B U R D. Yeah. But pronounced Bird like Larry. Right. Or like Robin. Yep. Or um, uh, Sparrow. Sparrow. Or um, Humming. Yes. All right. So, yeah. Little Dicky. So, I'm going to call you. Your name's Dave. Your real name's Dave. At yeah. times, if I call you Little Dicky, because. I'll roll with it. I, I mean, how could you not? Yeah. Little Dicky. I mean, I'm sure. It. Is it going to be like, fuck, all right. Maybe I shouldn't have went with Little Dicky. Like, you got to pay. The, you, had to, hey, you literally had to pay the cost to be the boss with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To some extent. I have trouble introducing myself as like, oh, hey, it's Little Dicky. Hey, I'm Little Dicky. Yeah. I don't regret the decision. I think it sticks. Like, I think it's a good rap name. But you know what I'm saying. Totally. And yeah, for sure. All right. So I'm going to just tell you how I discovered you. I discovered you couple of months ago right when i reached out uh to you i was probably a little bit behind the times because you know i'm i'm how old are you 27 you're 27 i'm 45 and, and i don't know how much you know about me but i'm definitely i would i, I wouldn't say i'm a a hip-hop snob but i'm definitely kind of stuck in my ways yeah i'm judgmental sure i'm a hip i'm a judgmental hip-hop yeah uh head so I don't know how the fuck I found your video, but I found the video. I was in I was in the bed with my girl, and I was like, "Yo," laughing. She was like, "What is this?" Shit? I said, "Yo, check this shit out." And it was a uh, uh, save that money video. Type of motherfucker that'll check the check, do the math, I ain't never getting robbed. Those margaritas not going on my car. I ain't about to split a damn thing for convenience sake. I'm at the restaurant working that way. Hold up, you ain't heard a little day, young elder Jew, biz major. Fuck you know about the world he raised in. I've been saving money since a motherfucker 13. I wear the same pair of jeans every day. Three sandwiches, homie, two steps away. Book flight December, but I leave in May. Drugs are generic, but still work the same. I get logins for Netflix for my cousin Greg. Thanks, Greg. And I just was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Uh, What's going on here? Yeah, for sure. Is that is that the video? Is that the thing that sort of uh, mainstreamed it? Yeah, that kind of took it to the next. Yeah. So so tell me how that video happened, and and is it really all like you showed up on? Because the way it looked, I was like, this is like these are the two things that stuck out to me: is that you were showing up on people's sets when other people were uh, filming videos, and then the coffee table rhyme. When you're when you're ordering the coffee, yeah, I was yeah. like, "Yo, this shit, this dude, that verse, that coffee table verse." Because I'm such a snob about what I listen, to, I was like, "Yo, my man is really flowing, and this shit is funny." And you were going on for so long, like that verse is like, I don't, you know, I don't know how many double charge for the iced coffee you're talking about. Yeah, that shit's crazy. Like, if you're at a restaurant and got a iced coffee and the waiter been 
feeling that without a word of caution And you get your fucking bill and you can see Double charging for the coffee and you told them there's a problem Sing along like So I mean I was like yo this shit is funny I like this and I just like the sense of humor about it But also I thought it was an interesting thing to have A sense of humor about it but also skills Yeah 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 That was kind of my whole angle going into it was You've seen guys that are funny and not necessarily the most skilled in rap. You've seen guys that are really skilled and not like the funniest. Mm -hmm. I just thought there was like a really interesting place that no one's really played in. You know what I mean? Right. And I, I, to be quite frank, I started rapping because I wanted to be a comedian. Okay. And like, fortunately for me, I chose rap and like learned that I was a good rapper. Like it was not, I could have gone through life and had no idea that this was possible. Right. And it, it works like a sport. The more you do it, the better you get. And uh, I just found out through the process that I'm meant to be a rapper as well. Hopefully I still can be a comedian, but like, it's bizarre. Like I could have never known. And, and, and okay. So but how did that particular video get made? Sure. So to save it's that all money real. Video. Like what you're, what you're seeing is real. So the song, it all starts with the song and the songs obviously, and I knew that this song of all the songs I've ever made was like the most radio friendly. It had the biggest features and I knew it was like my moment. So I needed to, make, I had videos before this that were pretty viral. Right. But I need it wasn't mainstream America. It was like, you know, a niche following and I right. knew that this was my song to hit me in the mainstream, so I needed to do something a little bit over the top for the video. Right. So I wanted to take like a unique approach rather than just make like a, a tra traditional video and right. I wanted it to have to do with saving money. So it all kind of just fell pretty logically into our la like you know, my the guy who directs a lot of these, uh, his name's Tony Ascenda. We were talking about the I, the irony of like making the most baller rap video, but like while I'm just rapping about saving money, and that felt very expected. And then he was like, "Well, what if we did it without having to pay anything?" And then I didn't think it was possible because you know I just you know I I guess I'm cynical and I didn't have faith in humanity to that extent. And boy, was I wrong. So you just so who so tell the people if you haven't seen the video who makes. Features on the song, and then whose video shoots you basically stole footage from? Not yeah. stole, it's found footage. Yeah, yeah. Stole footage. I mean, you showed up. Obviously, they at a certain point you told them like, "Yo, this is what we're doing." Yeah. So the song features Fetty Wap and Rich Homie Quan, and what I did was, so I, you know, I th we thought about what are the elements to like an epic rap video, and it's like mansions, cars, boats, fat asses, girls. Exactly. Got to be fat asses. Yeah, for sure. So. Our plan was to go like door to door, like at houses and like, you know, see if we can get into a mansion. Same deal with a boat, same deal with a Lamborghini. Like as we were doing this stuff, the, the thing you're referencing is there was a music video shoot by T-Pain. Right. And this wasn't even an idea we had. We just simply were shoot, like it was day one of Save That Money video shoot when I'm like going around door to door and T-Pain texted me asking if I would come to his video shoot just to do a cameo. In his shit. In his shit, yeah. And then I thought, well, what an interesting opportunity this is because I've got all my camera people here. And like, what it, I'm sure he's got cars there. I'm sure he's got girls there. It'd be so epic to use his stuff as a part of the thing. And the whole thing was shot very documentary right, style. So right. like, I knew that it was, you know. So we went. I t explained the idea to him pretty delicately because you know T Pain's a big deal to me. He's like a legend. Right. And he thought it was the funniest thing ever, and he allowed it, and it worked out great. And like every like the, I you know I got rejected from like 49 houses, let's say. But did you really? I was going to say how many houses did you go to? I think it was probably 50. You yes. went. You were like, "Yo, can we shoot in your house and get yeah. the fuck out of here?" It was less get the fuck out of here than you'd expect, 
It was well, let's lot. just say get the fuck out of here just because it sounds better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, you, yeah, yeah. Like you it, was, got, it, was, it was get the fuck out yeah, of here. Yeah, yeah. Get Take the fuck a fucking out. walk. Yeah, you fucking pussy. I'll call the fucking yeah, cops on yeah, you. For sure. It was really, All that it was, kind of thing. It was dangerous. You fucking leave the premises or the, yeah, I'm going to yeah, let yeah. the dogs Guard out. dogs for sure. Guns. Yeah. 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 Guns I got shot on. at a couple yeah. of times. All right. All right. Yeah. And then finally, because at the end of the video, you kind of showed the outtake. So that one lady was just like, she just let you in. Yeah. And were you like, what the fuck? Well, I didn't want to be like, you know, I, when we were finished, I walked out and then she, and I was like, what the fuck? But like that whole time I was playing it super cool because this was like, you know, this was, we'd been rejected for the entire day. Right. And I know that we're shooting all this stuff and just in theory, the premise of an old woman being the one that allows it is just that much more compelling. So I was right. like, this is perfect. Right. So I was pretty like, try to play it as cool as I could while I was there. And then when I left, I was like, I can't believe that this happened. I mean, everything in the video, I couldn't believe it happened. The T-Pain thing, couldn't believe it happened. The cars, I got rejected. Right. And I had no shot, but I walk into a Lamborghini dealer and the fucking guy is a little Dicky fan, which is like, it was shocking to me. The hardest thing to do was actually the club, which you would think would be the easiest for a rapper to pull off, but it was by far the hardest. To let them let you into the club yeah. to shoot and all yeah. that shit. Yeah. And 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 so what has been like the uh all right, so let's go to like to begin. So how did you get started and like, you know, sort of make a mark in hip hop? Like like what what's been your sort of like your your trajectory? Like what's been like your path to get to where you do because like you're respected now yeah like you're respected you 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 carved out your, your own niche you know i i read somewhere i don't know if it was you saying this or someone said like they kind of kind of compared you like to the larry david of hip-hop larry yeah. david of rap because it's definitely yeah. you don't take yourself seriously yeah and and um like so so just explain to the people like how you got started explain to me because i don't know that much sure yeah so like i said you know growing up i always felt and where like are you from philly okay and uh people seem to laugh at my jokes uh-huh. And I always knew that I was going to make some sort of attempt at like doing something professionally where I'm using my sense of humor as my job. You know okay. what I mean? And so I graduate. I still, you know, I, I don't, I never like was in theater or anything. And I just didn't really, I couldn't tell my parents like, I'm not going to go to college. You know what I mean? So like I went to college, graduated college, got a, I had to get a job out of college too. I worked at an ad agency, which to me was like. In Philly? No, in San Francisco. And what college? University of Richmond in Virginia. Okay. Um, so I like got good grades, graduated, got like a really good job. And you're not rapping at this point? No. At all? No. Not even fucking around? Fucking around always like as a human being, but like, no, like really not like sitting down and writing stuff. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and advertising from like a corporate America standpoint is like one of the best realms where you can actually use your creativity. Right. You know what I mean? But it's still, is that living your dream? Certainly not. Right. So I thought about ways to get noticed by people like you, like for being funny. You know what I mean? And I thought... You know, you see Lonely Island. Right. And they're mega famous. Right, right, right. And I didn't, like, I knew that I could rap better than that. Right. And I believed that I could be as funny as that. So right. I just thought that there was a big, that was a, and, you know, at my ad agency, actually, ironically. So I've always rapped casually, right? So, like, one of the things I had to do, I worked in the Doritos account. And I had to give her like a report every three months on like the chip sales and how our ads were impacting sales. And it was like a Word document, painfully boring, nobody cared. And it went to like the top people at the company. And I was like the low like man. I was like the 22 year old that nobody even, you know, the bitch. And I knew that this was my like one chance to get noticed by like the, you know, partners. Uh -huh. So instead of doing a word document one time, I just made a rap song about the chip sales and like the whole agency loved it. And like actually just from that alone got 
my job switched to the creative department and then like I started like one I had this assignment where I was supposed to make a rap video for this client who was leaving and we made it in a day at my agency and it was so easy to make and like it looked like a you know when you grow up when I grew up I'm seeing these million dollar puff daddy videos and thinking that like this is you can't possibly do something like this but when I, when I worked at this agency in a day we made these like really legitimate looking rap videos and I thought wait a minute like the technology is here right now where you can do this right. all yourself right. so that's probably what inspired me to choose rap as a means to break into comedy. And then, you know, I took it two years, a year and a half or whatever, and just kept making music that, you know, the first eight months sucked. Uh-huh. But then it just, like, there was, I don't, there was no real moment, just like a slow evolution where things just got better and better. You, you mean it as a rapper? You yeah, got, as a rapper. And, and understanding how to make a song and all that? Yeah. You know, I have no musical background. Like, I'm not like a music guy. Like I, like I said, this is a very happy accident. And the first day I put anything online, so, you know, I, I finally am at the point, like, all my friends are thinking that I'm insane. They're like, where's Dave gone? He's been rapping for a year and a half. Like, I haven't seen him. Like, I don't know where this is coming from. Right. My girlfriend thinks I'm crazy. My parents are begging me not to put this stuff on. And online. you come from, you're Jewish? Yeah. I'm Jewish. Yeah. So, so you got two Jewish parents? Yeah, two, like, you know, my mom's a therapist. So, like, they're, like, really You're, big, like, real Jews. Real, like, you know, Like, a therapist neurotic. is, like, a Jew, like, like a Jew plus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, a Jewish therapist, it's like, you, you get, like, extra. One and a half Jews. Yeah, you get more extra credit. Yeah. Uh, and, and and so you you and your parents are together. Yeah. So you got two Jewish parents that that didn't get divorced, which is also like extra credit again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I, I wonder what the divorce rate is amongst Jewish. Uh, I bet it's better than the rest of the. the no, I feel like it's, you think not, it's worse. I think it's probably worse. Well, Interesting. I, actually, no, they'll, they'll they'll hammer it through out of guilt and regret and, and fear yeah, they'll and, just, they'll and just judgment. Deal with it. They'll just fucking hammer through yeah. it. Um, so, but I, I guess I'm just, you know, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know what the ratio is on that. I, yeah. I wonder what percentage of, of Jew-on-Jew Jew marriages that are working and failing in this country. So, so your parents are like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, like I was in Hawaii with my parents and my girlfriend at the time, and there was a borderline intervention. They were like, we just want to be on record saying, we don't think you should be doing this. Because the stuff's pretty racy. Right. And it's like... You know, if it doesn't go well, then this, you know, the internet's forever. What about how are you going to get other jobs? My girlfriend's like, what about your kids? Like, you want them like seeing you like rapping about other guys' dicks like when they're, and I'm like, I didn't really take it seriously. The beautiful thing is the first day I put anything online, I got a million views. Are you serious? Yeah. And like, in, I, in one day? Yeah, one day, which is like crazy. Which Nothing, video was this? It's called Ex-Boyfriend. It's like the story of- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where like I meet my girlfriend's ex-boyfriend. He's got like a huge dick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it got a million views in the first day. So and it, were you like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, it was the best day of my life. It always will be. It was like the day. It was the day that like you are who you thought you were. That's fucking cool. Yeah, that's really cool. How many views is it up to now? Like what? Twenty million, maybe. That's fucking cool, man. Yeah. When did this become something where you realize you can make money? Because you put something online, you put it yeah. up there for free. People yeah. watch it for free. And like, when did you become a professional rapper? So, the, like, you know, the internet's crazy. So all of a sudden, I've got a fan. And what? Base. How many years ago is this? Twenty thirteen. Two years. Uh, two and a half years ago. That is. Yeah. I think I, I love that about the internet, and 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 you know, obviously, like Bieber is probably mm -hmm. the biggest sort of for sure. You know, and I'm waiting for an actor because, you know, people a lot of times will say to me, uh, you know, and a lot of comedians have gotten, you know, you know, funny people, viral, funny people. But like a lot of people, you know, like a lot of people, people ask me sometimes, like, well, how can I get discovered? How can I'm like, yo, get on the get on the Internet, do Shakespeare, do fucking your favorite uh, monologue, do your favorite scenes as an actor. Yeah, like because cause you, you can get discovered. Like if you did as an actor, if you did like, well, I'm going to do, you know, this monologue from. One full of cuckoo's nest, yeah. and I'm going to do this monologue from Malcolm X, and I'm going to do this monologue from Gone with the Wind. I'm waiting for an actor to get discovered 
Like that. You know, it's, I don't know that an act, like, I it think, could happen. It could. The thing is, comedians for sure. Like, for sure. Even like the Broad City girls, like, they, right. they had their stuff on. And I went to overnight camp with one of them, actually, which is mm. fine. But, uh, you know, an, like, this, for, stuff needs to be very shareable for this to work. Right. And what makes stuff shareable? Typically, it's like shock value or humor. Or, right. So, like, the monologues would have to be, like, shockingly interesting. Or just really be. good. But, like, it doesn't... It, I'm not saying it has to be three million, so, uh, you know, shared. Yeah. But if you're good and you put it up there and, like, yo, they're doing casting. A casting yeah. director will get wind of it. Like, yo, look at this fucking guy. He looks yeah. like Al Pacino. Or, you know, this this guy could be the next... Whoever. I just... I don't know. I just think it's an interesting way. So, so go ahead. So, so I agree. I'm of the mindset that the cream rises right now. That's, like, what drove me to do it. Right. Um, but it, the cream does rise. It, it, I mean, the cream also... The shit rises, too. Because for sure. It's diluted. It's fucking diluted. It's diluted. The internet is diluted it, with cream and shit. Exactly. It makes for more shit that you probably can't stand. But I'll tell you what, like 10 years ago, if there was no internet, like what, someone's, someone's going to walk around and have see me in the suburbs no. rapping and discover me? No, no way. No, it wouldn't yeah. happen. Yeah. So the, fu- the crazy thing is, so all of a sudden, you know, I've got millions of views on shit. I've got like a 45,000 person fan base and there's demand for a concert. Like there's demand for live shows and I've never rapped in front of like anybody. So like the first concert I ever did was headlining TLA, Theater of Living Arts in Philadelphia, a thousand cap room. So it's like a thousand people. The first show. Yeah. It was the worst. That was the worst day of my life because I was like so nervous. And, and, and what, how did that show go and what, how many songs did you have prepared I to go? I did a full hour, like in 15 minutes set. And I remember specifically like being so tired. Like I didn't know how to pace myself. Like I went right. so hard on the first song. And that was the first time you performed. Ever. And it's like, you know, nor, like, you know I, the beautiful thing is, is that I never had to do like the 15 person dive right. bar. Right. But it's also jarring when you've never even done fucking karaoke. Right. And all of a sudden you're doing this in front of like your hometown. And because you had because you 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 people knew you in your in your hometown yeah I and mean they I, came I did out. New York too like New York sold out I, the first three shows I did were sellouts like in New York Philadelphia and Boston are you like what the fuck is going on here I'm thinking you're, this is a Bieber thing that's what I'm thinking when and, it's and you made some money off these shows yeah and 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 then, and then what happens and then I did a Kickstarter so oh, right right yeah so I so I spent my, all my bar mitzvah money ironically. <laughs> On like the first wave of videos. Are you? Is that for real? Yeah, it's, or is that just like totally a good for, good no, it's story? Totally for real. You like, spent your bar mitzvah. Yeah. That's fucking. Yeah. That that's like super Jewish for sure. My parents wouldn't let me touch it until after college. Like, that's like college. What am I gonna do? You get like that's again. That's yeah. extra credit yeah. Jew shit right there. I know. I, thank God for my. I think they were right. What am I gonna do? Spend no. eight thousand dollars on like a great no. couch no. when I'm forty or no. fucking pursue my dream? Yeah. No. That's that's what that's what bar mitzvahs are for to save your money to become a rapper when mm-hmm. you're twenty four. I mean, why the fuck would exactly. anyone get bar mitzvah anymore? For sure, yeah. All right, so the, so you 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 spent all your money to do the first round of things, mm-hmm. ran and out then, of money, and like you know, I didn't want to keep working at a job because I just didn't have time to do the job and have this other job. So I I knew that Kickstarter was the logical step because crowd like you know it, to me it was a no brainer, and right. I thought, and I was getting messages, you know, I didn't charge for anything because I honestly didn't even own the rights to anything. And then initially, you know, I I don't have any producer friends back then. I don't. I'm not in the studio. Like I'm just at my computer downloading other people's beats illegally and just rapping over right. their beats. Right. So I don't own the rights. So I can't in theory sell the shit. So I'm doing everything for free. And, you know, I'm getting all these emails saying, like, how can we help? Like, I want to pay you to do this. Like, we love this. And I thought, well, this is an interesting, like, psyche. People definitely would contribute. And I launched a Kickstarter. And I conservatively put $70,000 because I thought that should definitely, you know, if I got 69000 I get nothing. Right. If you I had to 70, get all of it. Exactly. <laughs> but if I, got, if I got half a million, I get half a million. Right. Um, and I got 113000 In how long? 20 days. Damn. Yep. 
Kickstarter is a Kickstarter. motherfucker. Yeah, every, I mean, if you haven't done a Kickstarter yet, you should do one. Like, no, no, at no, some no, point, no. Well, my my partner it. actually did one for. He did a GoFundMe for ten thousand dollars to fix his house and all that shit. Uh, uh, my 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 partner, uh, uh, his name is G Monetti, aka the the Black Ed McMahon. Yeah. Um, and we were building the Bronx Gloom Tomb, aka his house. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and he he collected the money. Well, he hasn't collected all of it, but but then the 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 Gloom Tomb in the Bronx just burnt down. Oh, the man. whole block of the Gloom Tomb burnt down. So that's a whole other story. That's terrible. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, it's all right. Luckily, no one was injured, but there's yeah. a lot of people displaced. It's a whole other story. Okay. All right. So, so, so then, then what happens? So I raise that money. I now have that money. You have $130,000. What does that allow me to do? It allows me to go to guys like Fetty Wap and get them on songs. You know and what so, I mean? But you re- how do you reach, how does one reach out to Fetty Wap? You know, I got a manager. Right. My manager then emails Fetty Wap's manager, you know, says, hey, I represent Lil Dicky. Here's his one sheeter. My one sheeter is pretty impressive at this point. Like, right. it's not like crazy, but for an up and coming rapper, it's like, it's minimally worth passing on to his client. Right. Fetty Wap then hears the song. You know, I'm sure these guys get tons of feature requests every day and this one probably stuck out as like a really unique cool thing and they respect you know these guys respect art right and uh they were in and that was for save that money yeah and then you then so that was so you you made that first or that was part of the whole record well, so I, I the hundred and thirteen thousand that I did for Kickstarter was designed to like help me create my album. My album then had a bunch of it had sixteen songs. Save that money's one of them. It had like professional rapper with Snoop Dogg on right. it. Right. The one with T Pain. Some guys, you know, were just like T Pain, for example, was just a fan of what I was doing and just said like I'd love to get on a song with you. That's dope. A guy like Snoop Dogg, he probably had never heard of me until I reached out. But then when I reached out, he'd heard of me and he was like, "This is dope." And and, like, and so that Snoop Dogg song, which I really like, professional rapper. How, did you record that with him? Because it's it's a ba- if you haven't heard the song, here it is right here. Grab a seat. Thanks, I'm Dave. Very nice to meet. Dave, what it do? You can call me dog. Let me just check your sheet. No problem, sir. Let me just say I'm a big fan of the shit that y'all made. I can't lie, I've been thinking about this all day. All good. There's a reason that we call Dave. Let me start with your background. Where you come from? Sure, I was undergrad down there in Richmond. Before that, are you talking about my hometown? Yeah. I was born out of Philly, grew up in a little silly old town called Cheltenham. It's in the suburbs of a middle wealth around. So real shit, you ain't never had to struggle for much. I wouldn't say it like that. We just had a different kind of trap. Elaborate. The thing that I liked about it, and it's unusual for a Snoop song, or I think. Um, hip hop in general today is because from what I know I'm not a rapper I'm just a rapper port yeah. but what I know is that people send the tracks they get on it then they send it back and no one's really in the, in the studio yeah. together but you guys I mean it's you know you guys are flowing you're going back and forth um, and, and it feels like you're together doing it obviously it's rehearsed and it's written and all that yeah. stuff but like tell me about the Snoop song Professional Rapper well I'm happy that it feels that way because it wasn't. Like, okay. It was another, like a lot of what you said is true in terms of like there aren't a lot of people that are getting in the studio just because everyone's schedules are so crazy. Right. Uh, so in this case, if I'm being completely transparent, like I pretty much wrote the song and was like, you know, Snoop, like here are some holes for you to fill in right. the blanks. And he definitely like took liberties and did his own thing to some extent. Right. And it sounded like great. It's a concept song. Yeah. I just knew that I wanted to have a job interview, like be like my entryway into rap. Because how funny is that to right. like treat it like corporate America? Right. Um, so, you know, luckily he was down and, but no, it wasn't like a situation where me and Snoop like carved out a week and like went over like. It's not like you guys are in the studio smoking pet. with yeah. your shirts off and yeah, like, man. you know. Like, I still haven't smoked with that guy. You haven't smoked with Snoop Dogg? No. I'm not going to say whether I have or I haven't, okay. but I know that it's like sort of a mountaintop moment. I know, I can't wait. Um, for, for people, I mean, if you're a, a weed smoker, um, you know, smoking weed with Snoop Dogg. You know, I, I was actually, uh, I, I, I was there the day. Snoop Dogg met Tupac. Wow. I watched them meet each other and then consequently 
uh, after that conversation with the same evening, Snoop Dogg, Tupac rolled Snoop Dogg his first blunt. To which I said, that should be a national holiday. Yeah. So this all happened in one night. Neither Snoop Dogg or Tupac remembered that I was there, but I remembered it. And then when I told Snoop Dogg, it was... Where was was it? Like, what was the It was at the Poetic Justice, the John Singleton movie, uh, rap party. And, And Snoop had just come out with Deep Cover. Tupac was, you know, Tupac. And they knew each other were... And, you know, it was sort of tense at first. Not tense, tense, but yeah. it was like kind of Egos. like sizing each other up. And then they were battling, rhyming and shit like that. I watched the whole thing. And then Tupac rolled Snoop Dogg his first blunt. What a memory. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. I know. So I was like, and then so and then like the rest is history. The, re- the rest is weed smoking, blunt smoking yeah. history. The I Am Rappaport podcast is sponsored by Casper Mattresses. Casper.com. An award-winning sleep startup. Go to Casper.com. $50 off purchase of any size mattress. Put in the code RAPAPORT. R-A-P-A-P-O-R-T. Casper mattress in New York City. You could keep the bed for 100 nights. You could get your freak on for 100 nights. If you do not like the bed after 100 nights, you can return the mattress within 100 days. That's a guarantee. The, the bed will be delivered between two to five days anywhere in the United States and Canada. Same day delivery in New York City. We do not plug. We do not support. We do not take sponsorship from anything we have not tried and we are not passionate about 450%. Now you're a professional rapper. 2015 is over. It's coming to an end. It's yep. over. Yeah. Are your tax returns all based on being a professional rapper now? Yeah. Are you fucking serious? Yeah. So all the money you, like, this is what you do. Yeah, no other job. It's been that way for like a good year. And year so and so tell me about your last year. Tell me where you've been, where you've toured. What's the, like, tell me some of your mountaintop, holy shit, I can't believe this is my life moments of the last sure. year of this, of this whole ride. So the, you know, I've toured three or four times, like across the country, like even Canada. And have I, you been to Europe yet? No, like that's I really. Is, I know I've never even been there as a human being either. So I need to go. But are they ready for Little Dicky in Europe? I think so. Like, like I'm the, certainly. They, ready. they know your shit over there, right? Definitely, like UK. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I can go everywhere, but like, yeah, I think I think if I went there, I, from what I'm told, like any American act can go over there and do pretty well. That's what I'm told. I, I think I could go over there and do solidly for sure. Okay. I'm excited. Like I've never been to Europe. I really want to go. I'm not. Like, I'm not the rapper who, when he goes on tour, ends up doing cool things to have great stories. Like I have very few great tour stories. For okay. Me. Like I wish I went out and like got blacked out and like fucked four girls, but like typically it ends. How up, many is the most you fucked at once? One? It's got to be no. Come on, man, dude. It's got to have been at least two. No, not even two on tour. You're, how old are you? Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. You didn't freak off on tour yet. Mm-mm. This is the time to do it. Okay, because you're a nice Jewish kid from Philadelphia. I don't think I have it in me, to be honest. I, no, 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 no. I you barely have, it, have in it in me to even do the one-on-one. No, you have it in you. You have it in you. And you, if you don't have it in you, I, could feel, I feel like your manager, he has, Mike, it in him. he has it in him. He has it in him. I don't and, have it and in And if me. not, I know some people that will come and, you know, fill in yeah. for you. <laughs> but, but, all right, so, so go ahead. So, so tell me tell me some of, like, the, just the oh shit moments. Yeah, it doesn't have to be, like, sure. gratuitous sex and yeah, it's not. You know, all that craziness. Yeah. So, like, you know. Because your mom's probably listening to this. Right. So you tell me that off camera. Yeah. What's your mom's name? Jean. Jean, what Jean? What's her last name? Bird. Jean Bird. Yeah. If she's listening to this, yeah. Ooh, don't worry. He, he I, I, I feel like he's telling me the truth. That I don't <laughs> feel like anything. You know. All right. No. So go ahead. So tell me your. So your, one like one moment that was awesome was like I'm a big sports fan. So like Andre Ethier invited me to the Dodgers game, and then I'm just down there, and like all the Padres are stretching, and like 
uh, Matt Kemp, who's on the Padres, who like literally two years ago, like I'm sitting around with my friends when he was on the Dodgers, and we're like hy- like doing hypotheticals, like if you could be one player in the NFL, who would you be? Blank. I'd be like Tom Brady. Like if you could be one player in baseball, who would you be? And I was like Matt Kemp. He's center fielder for the Dodgers, and he's like fucking Rihanna. Right. And uh, he is. Or he was. And then he, he got out of the, he got out of there like in the nick of time. Yeah. And then he uh, basically like, I don't mean to make it sound like he's a pussy because he's not like I love him but he like was like a fanning out about me and that was like a surreal moment because I'm like dude like like he gave me his number he's like you better text me oh shit and I'm like dude you're Matt Kemp like you're like the coolest guy I've ever met that's crazy I wouldn't be concerned about me texting you right right I'm gonna call I'm gonna you're gonna change your number when I'm finished with you exactly yeah and it's just like you know he's like everyone say what's up to Lil Diggy and like the Padres are all just stretching and like they all like look up and like I'm just like on the field like that to me was like a very surreal moment of course uh, Sasha Baron Cohen came to my LA oh, concert shit. and like liked it enough to where he invited me to his house the next day. So I'm just like at Sasha Baron Cohen's house drinking red wine with him. That's fucking crazy. Crazy. I'm Sasha much... Baron Cohen is Borat. Yeah, Borat. That's dope. I know. I get. I know. For every like, I, I'm obviously a huge rap fan, but I think I get more moved by comedians. Like, well, yeah. I mean, because then it's outside of the yeah. thing. Like, how the fuck do you know about me? How, how did Sasha Baron Cohen know about you? I don't even know. It just they, the same pro- way pro- you found out. I think it just like gets to people, and then right. once they see one thing, they're pretty much like on board. Right. Right. It just has to get to enough people. Right. Um, and, and then so who and what else? Who? What other people have like have 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 besides myself? Because I'm sure yeah. me, Michael Rapport, reaching out to was like it was cool, shockingly. It was really cool, in way more than Matt Kemp and yeah, fucking yeah. Borat. No, I'm great. just playing. But but so what other people have reached out to you? Like where you were like, how do you even know that I'm like, I'm alive? Like that tripped you out, man. I mean, Amy Schumer. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Durant when Kevin Dur- Kevin Durant was like so early too like there's a lot of like post save that money like uh-huh. acknowledgement Kevin Durant was like a full year before save that money he hit you like what he hit you he, on Twitter he, so I have a song called Russell Westbrook on a farm okay I didn't hear that yeah I need to check it's that actually out. it's not even a joke song it's like a dead serious song that's like a big analogy for like what if Russell Westbrook never knew he was good at basketball can like, we play that yeah uh ain't no doubt about it shit is coming and I'm just praying that little dicky love it. I always told myself that this the type of shit I wanted. I was being honest, even made a promise. Not with anybody else, this was in the conscious. Talking to my fucking self, that's a little bonkers. I know, I still got a lot of shit to conquer. I hope, that ain't even my concern though. You know I'll be working till I get what I deserve. Whatever totems I can personally, you know I'ma earn those. This ain't even about some shit up on a checklist. This about the fact that I'm about to test this. So Kevin Durant then Instagrams, tweets, and Facebook messages like his expressing his adoration for the song which was like he was the first I think celebrity to even acknowledge me and you're like and this is Kevin Durant this is like the coolest guy it's like besides maybe LeBron I don't even know if I would have preferred LeBron like Kevin Durant might be even cooler than LeBron you know what I mean right and that that was mind blowing that happening I mean I met Bieber the other day and he like was like just jumped out of his chair to express like how much he enjoys what I do that's crazy man yeah Yeah, it's cool I now feel like Post save that money that I'm living in a very good dream at all right. times. It's like feels like everything. It's like it's like those moments like Tupac and Snoop. Like I'm now having my version of those moments, and it's like when they happen, they're just the coolest things ever. I'm sure, man. Yeah. One thing I'm always fascinated about when rapper friends that I know, musician friends that I know, but particularly hip hop, is that like. I'll be like, yeah, where, where's the craziest place you toured? And they'll be like, Switzerland, or I was in Sweden, or we yeah. were in Brazil, or we were in South America. And I'm always fascinated that music, especially hip-hop, because for me it's still, although obviously it's 
global and that's beautiful but for me it's still like you the know this underground sm- like yeah this movement. small thing so like when i hear like yeah we were in sweden we had a fucking show for twenty thousand people yeah. you know and from groups that are sort of forgotten about in the united states you know get treated like the way they should be in paris yeah. and london yeah, and sweden yeah, yeah. and all that stuff but like like do, do you have plans to go to like you know foreign cities and like because I mean, that might be where you might have your your, your freak off that's where it I, might yeah, be yeah. like you might get your two on right one. i'd love to like I, i've i've studied abroad in australia i've toured in canada aside from that i've never been outside the country so like i the, the concept of doing that is great but like you said i mean rap at this point is the new rock like absolutely which is absurd like i'm essentially a rock star which is like crazy it's crazy yeah because rap, rap is the new rock yeah. i mean and, and and you know, I knew, I saw Jay Z uh, two summers ago close this show in Central Park, and Sting and Gwen Stefani, amongst other people, went on right before him. Yeah. And then Jay Z went on. I was like, this fucking guy yep. closed the show that Sting went on before him. I don't think there's a show you could put on if Jay Z's in the list that he wouldn't close. He's he's cl- yeah. he's shutting everything down. Yeah. He's yeah. shutting every show down, and, yeah. and and it was in the whole Central Park. So I just. You know, I mean, it's it's a beautiful thing. All right, so I'm going to ask you the obligatory, and I know it's interchangeable, so you don't have to think too hard about it. The obligatory top five dead or alive list. Actually, you know what? Top five alive, because I, I like to exclude um, Tupac and Biggie because, um, you know, I feel like they're on their own list, like the Tupac and Biggie list, and because they're, for me, like their careers were so, so short. short. Yeah, so and the sad. body of work is, is, well, Tupac's, you know, went on, but, but so give me your top five. Artists, um, you know, solo dudes, and then your top five groups go, and it's interchangeable. So you don't have to; it's not etched in stone. Yeah, I mean, I'd go Jay Z one. Yep. Do I need to do this in order? Or no, no? Okay. five. In, okay. into, you know, five. Just yeah. five names. Jay Z, Nas. Um, I mean, I know that Drake will end up there for me, mm-hmm. and I think he's at the point where he has enough work in to where I feel comfortable putting him in there. Okay. So I'm putting Drake in there. No problem. Um, you know, from like a, a skill perspective, I don't see how you don't put Eminem in there. Mm-hmm. And then I need one more. I mean, this is typically where I'd say someone like Biggie. Okay. But man, I mean, I love Lil Wayne. He's good. I do love Lil Wayne. Do cherry on top. I'll give you a cherry on top. You could do six. Man. You don't want to get jumped, little dicky. You're out there with these dudes. You might piss somebody off. Many, many people listen to the Iron Rapport podcast. You don't put so-and-so in there. They see you at the club. Yo, I heard you on Rappaport's podcast. You didn't say me. Yada, yada, yada. Next thing you know, you got beef. No, I, you, yeah. Your manager, Mike, is standing there. He's got two girls. Fucking thing's going to shit now. One I guess more. Andre 3000. He's pretty good. Yeah. All right, groups. Top five groups of all time. Rap groups. Not fucking, you know, not the Rolling Stones rap groups. We're talking yeah. hip-hop. I'm going to be qu- quite honest with you. Like, I, I couldn't really do the group thing justice. Like, when I was growing up, I was listening to, like, you know, John Mayer and the Goo Goo Dolls. So it's like I wasn't like the guy who was listening to Tribe. Whoa. Yeah. Like, if I'm just being completely transparent. But, but, but are you are you listening to them now? Like, have I, you familiarized I, yourself? I've certainly made the effort to go back and listen. Like, I, I'm just not moved by it. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Hold the fuck on. Hold the fuck on. You're not moved by a Tribe Called Quest? I mean, not... Have you listened to the, the people? I, I, I haven't done my due diligence to the way that I should, but, like, I, what I, listen, when I, when I knew that I was becoming a rapper, I knew I was going to be in, like, a lot of podcasts and be interviewed by, like, you know, about all these things, so I, I went back and did, like, my homework and listened to things, and I just, yeah, I wasn't... Outcast? Like, I mean, Outcast, that's not old to me. I mean, that's, like, that's a, yeah. Beastie Boys? Yeah, I respect Beastie Boys. I'm just not like I don't listen to their music. Run DMC. Yeah, but once again, Gangstar. Yeah, Dayla. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, yo, you're like Yan. Like it's like I know. Th- like that's I, like I respect your, these things. I do. I respect them all. But have you absorbed this not, shit? Not probably not like to the extent that I should. Yo, like, you need to, to have that shit, yeah. man. I mean, I appreciate that you're being honest yeah. about it. And 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 I mean, I think the music is great. And it's not that these guys can't rap. They certainly can rap. Like I totally like think they can rap. You know, you're fucking bugging me out right now, right? I'm gonna compare it to this. Even yeah. when I go back and watch old NBA footage, right? Honestly, even like old, like what? Even like back when I'm watching like Jordan. No, pre-Jordan. Like, Bird, like Bird, Magic. Like I'm watching the Celtics play the Lakers, right? I'm watching. Like I've watched those games, and it feels like a slower game. It feels like that's just I'm watching it, and that's kind of when I'm listening to the rap. I, that's how I feel. I feel like Dave. Yeah, that's how I feel. Dave, Dave Bird. Let me tell you something. And I don't even think rap is better now. I, 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 I'm not saying that it's better now. It's Dave, not because it's Dave, like Dave, Dave, Dave. Dave. Yeah. I, I, I got to help you help yourself yeah. here, Dave. Do you know the records? To li- you know the records that you have to listen to, right? Well, tell me. Okay. Well, you gotta. Ha- you, 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 first of all, you gotta have. You gotta listen to the first Jungle Brothers album. You gotta listen to Gangstar. Just get the Gangstar fully gloated clip. You gotta get the first three Tribe albums. People's yep. Instinctive Travels. Wu Tang. Low end theory. Wait, you, you you fucked with Midnight. Uh, you fucked with uh, Thirty Six Chambers, right? Yes, yes. That was the first. Top to bottom. Yes, that was the first move I made. Okay, but have you fucked with it though? You're saying that I love it. Like, have you have you fucked with it? Like, have you have you fucked with it? You didn't love Thirty Six Chambers? No. You're bugging, Dave. Yeah. Dave. Dave. You know what I love in this? I mean, I'm, I have a playlist for you. I mean, it's not. Make a, I love you to make a playlist, but it's yeah. not. It's not like anything. It's not like anything that you. You you know it's not like I'm gonna pull some shit out of you like you know like some rare shit but like here's as far as groups Jungle Brothers first album fuck with the Jungle Brothers first album straight out the jungle the first three Tribe albums Low End Theory People's Instinctive Midnight Marauders like it's not just I listened to the two the first two <clears throat> you wait hold up you never listened to Midnight Marauders no we need to we need to stay in touch and we need to yeah but I, I, I think you should, should make me the playlist and I think I no matter what I should definitely be listening to all this it's just I'm at the point now where all I do is work on music all right. day so like when I actually have free time the last thing I want to do is listen to music that's why I, right, just, I, I don't even listen you. to music anymore you're done I'm like, not you, done you, but, you, like, but it's like it's become almost it, in a sense it's work it is work and it's like now when I listen to music I try to like really understand the current curve of rap because that's where I'm playing that's I hear where, you so like you know there's just only so much time I'm not making no excuse. I got I you I got you I got you but. No, I should. I you know. It's important. It's important, and I think that it, it like, is important. You know, it's I agree a, that it's important, and it's important. To like you know, like like those are fundamentals. Like all those groups, those names. That like that's like you know, like we talk about basketball or baseball. That's like pitching, hitting, catching, and you know, or you know, passing, rebounding, and shooting. Though those are like the fundamentals, and I think also I think like it might even be fun for you to like. If when you get more familiar with it, because there's beats and there's just flows, and you're just gonna be like, what the fuck? Like yeah. especially, I think it's almost. It'll be fun for you, who's in it, to 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 learn it because you know it'll just be an interesting time to sort of learn that stuff. No, it's yeah. It's a, no one really would learn it like yeah, being in it and yeah. Like, oh, yeah, totally. I think it's no. I think I should. I think it's irresponsible that I haven't yet. I'm just explaining why it hasn't happened. I hear you, man. I just hope you don't run into like Melly Mel. Like if we see if you see Melly, Melly Mel's ready to fuck some shit up, man. You know, like, I mean, KRS-One is ready to, he's ready to fuck some shit up. Yeah, no, I think, I really, I'm going to actually ask you to make me like a great Oh, I got you, I got you, I got a Spotify shit, and and it's, it's good, but I'm going to, I'm going to, and it's, again, it's not like I'm like un, un, you know, unearthing shit you haven't heard, but I think it's collectively a good list. No, yeah, for sure. Um, what else, man, what else? So, So you're a Philly dude. 
Yeah. Top five athletes from Philadelphia. From or that have played on the Philadelphia? Sorry. Yeah. In, played played yeah. In, the Los, in, the, in the Philadelphia area yeah. that, that mean the most to you. Allen Iverson means the most to me. I go with Allen Iverson. Yeah. Um, like, I don't think I'd be who I am if Allen Iverson didn't exist. Um, I hear you. Yeah. Um, you know. Rocky Balboa. Yeah, let's count Rocky. Yeah. Can we count Rocky? Let's count Rocky. How could you, how yeah. could you not? I don't know. He's a fictional character, but let's, yeah. At this point, yeah, it's, it's I, up for, it's a, yeah. that's, that, that's not really, he may or may not be at this right. point. I love Brian Dawkins. Okay. Um, I love Chase Utley. Mm-hmm. And that was another thing when I was on the Dodgers field, I met him and that was like crazy. You were tripping out. I've never like, you know, it was like talking to like the hottest girl you've ever talked to. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it was like, that, I've never been so nervous having a conversation. Okay. You got one more. Dr. J. This is before. No, me. no, I'm just throwing you know, names at there. Oh, who, who, like, McNabb is pretty big for me, but like, yes, it's, it's like, I mean, McNabb is pretty big for me. I can't lie. McNabb is pretty big, but I don't have another sixer that like did anything for me besides Iverson. Okay. I mean, Kobe Bryant is from Philadelphia, right. and he like is another guy that I like, I'm the biggest Kobe fan. I wouldn't be who I am if Kobe didn't exist. So, like, I'd be fine putting Kobe in there. All right. Kobe, he, yeah. he's, he's Philly. I mean, yeah. he's Italy via Philly, but yeah. he's Philly. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and uh, I was at the All-Star game because I haven't spent... I love Philadelphia because I grew up... Like, my first sort of superhero was Julius Irving. Yeah. Like, I didn't give a fuck about Batman or Robin or any of the... Like, Dr. J was my dude, and then I saw Rocky. Yeah. So, I have a sort of kinship with Philadelphia from that. But uh, I was at the All Star game the year that Kobe won the MVP in Philly and watched the Philly crowd boo him during the NBA All Star game. And yeah. I was like, these motherfuckers are savages out here. Yeah. Like, it's an All Star game. He's from Philly, technically. He was shooting so frequently. I remember that game. He was just like shooting a lot. It's an All Star game. Yeah, exactly. Pass the ball around. But a who bit. even has <laughs> the energy to boo? During well, a, because, for an MVP, I, I get it, but I was like, even New Yorkers aren't like crazy like that. Kobe, up until recently, had said a lot of things like, uh, like that didn't really make it seem like he felt like he was from Philly, right? You know, and like I don't know. And t- recently, he ch- he's changed his tune a bit, but I understand the. Res- I mean, and he's also the anti, like he's like Mr. Hollywood, of course. But he, deep down, like he described it well, actually. Like when he, I was just at the, I was at his last game in oh, Philly. Okay. I was there. Was it fun? It was amazing. And I remember the press conference. He said, like he went back to that game, and he said, at the oh, time, he he brought up the, he the brought game up, booth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what he said? He said it was like two battering rams. Like you know, I'm this way; they're mm. the exact same way, mm. and we hit. And he said it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, well, it is a beautiful. It is a beautiful thing. thing. I think it was like honestly, like respect. It's always been respectful. Of course, booze. like of no, course. the reason that he gets the most impassioned. But booze, it was, it's an all star game. It's yeah. like what the fuck? He shot like thirty five times. All right, game. it's an all star game. Do your everybody? Everybody goes. I don't through. know. Hey, another thing I'm going to suggest since we're talking about Philly. Yeah. As far and I'm sure you're some sort of a fan. The Roots. Black Thought is like a great rapper. Black Thought, get download this for me. 2015 performance of the year. Black Thought, J. Period DJing over all James Brown beats. Huh. You, you could download it on SoundCloud. Black Thought, all James Brown beats. The DJ J. Period. It's fucking. It's I like 50 that. minutes of him just all over James Brown. It's he's just a great a, rapper. Oh, he's sick. Great, yeah. And I think he's always left off a list because he's associated with the a group. Roots, yeah. Um, but like a band too, not like a exactly. Like a, yeah. But he he, you should check that out. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, and and I love that he he was rocking off all James Brown beats because they're. I mean, that's like kind of like as as basic as it gets. Yeah. All right, little Dicky. This has been good. Yeah. Me. You, you definitely threw me for a fucking curveball with your group shit. Yeah. But I'm not judging. Um, you're judging. Gene, you can ju- you're judging. I judge a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I, I judge. It's I am okay. judging, but, but yeah. it, it's cool. Gene Bird. Listen, 
When I come back to the East Coast, I might need a therapist to talk to. <laughs> um, you know, so I'll, I'll be reaching out to you. And um, she's gonna retire soon. No, 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 no. no. I, I'll tell her things that she she'll it, she, it'll yeah. it'll spawn her Re-inspire to want to stay her. in the business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I appreciate this, and uh, you know, I wish you luck with everything. Thank you. And um, you know, hopefully the, the next time uh, you, you you come back on the I Am Rapport podcast, we'll have some more sex capades of, of you know from your your world tour. And then I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you so much analysis on like the old. I, school rap I, that that's for sure yeah and anything like anything that's too aggressive in your rap just send to me yeah, yeah. i'll, say the, the I'll say the shit yeah, yeah yeah all right cool we're out thank you